Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Living Hope, and uh, welcome to all of you who are joining us online. I'm going to say right away before, anybody, before anything else, uh, this is my Halloween costume, all right? I especially wanted people who aren't familiar with the church uh, and uh, might be watching online today uh, and thinking like, oh, ooh, you got to dress up to go there or something. No, you don't. We're, we're not all about the suits and stuff here, but I'm loving seeing some of the rest of you in your, uh, in your costumes, and some of you, uh, it looks like, just dressed up as... Uh, uh, you know, tired American or something like that. You know, you're, you're here and we're glad. So we like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that's true, that the Lord meets us right where we are, no matter what day it is. And uh, no matter what we're going through, God meets us in the reality that we live in. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the God almighty the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Amen. Amen. Pray with me, will you? Lord, you alone are worthy of the glory and the honor and the blessing that we bring to you today, Lord. Our, our prayers and our praises, Lord, they seem and feel so inadequate, and yet, Lord, we ask that you would just accept them for what they are, our offerings this morning. Lord, may they be pleasing to you. May they be a pleasant aroma in your presence. And Father, thank you for bringing us here this morning. Each person that's here, each person that's joined us online, Lord, those that maybe won't see this until later, we thank you for each one. We thank you that you've brought us through this week. Some of us have had a tough one. Some of us have faced things that we didn't think we were going to have to face this week. Some of us have had a good week, and we praise you and thank you for that, Lord. But regardless of what the week was like, you were there. And you were with us, and you kept us, you sustained us with your good and perfect grace. Lord, I pray that you would be with us throughout the rest of this service. Be with Pastor Rich as he brings us your message. Be with the, the, the singing, the communion, Lord, as we receive your body and your blood through the elements of communion. Lord, just be a very real and awesome presence in this place. And we thank you. We praise you. We do give you all the honor, the glory, and the blessing. In your precious name we pray this. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Well, you can greet each other waving still. We're still not quite wandering around, not yet. And <laughs> yelling across the room is okay. <laughs> Say hello. And, um, and in the meantime, Pastor Rich is going to come and give us some announcements and then the message. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Judge Ginsburg, is that? Uh, <laughs> Judge Judy? Oh, yeah, Judge Judy. Perfect. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Judy. I didn't think about that. There you go. And uh, thank you, High Saw family, for uh, leading us. High Saws plus Phil. Is that, is that what we have here this morning? So Let me see. I'm going to move a couple of these things just so I don't knock them over. And uh, yeah, hopefully all of you... Um,
Hopefully all of you uh, got one of those little handouts, uh, bulletins, whatever, whatever you call those little handouts that we have uh, that you get in, on your way in the door. If not, I see some others back there by the offering box. And uh, if, if you're joining us online, most of the information uh, is on our Facebook page or website, that sort of thing. And, um, and just a couple quick announcements. We would love to know that you're with us by you uh, filling out one of those little digital connect cards. Go to livinghope.info slash connect, and uh, you can let us know you're with us, how, you're, how we can be praying for you, thanking God with you, all that good stuff. And, um, or you can uh, share what you thought of the Halloween costumes you saw on display today or whatever. I, I like the, the tiny chicken costume that I see walking across the back of the room right now. So... Lots of good ones today. Um, and of course, uh, if you're in the room, you can just fill out one of those little green cards. If you'd rather not use your phone, you can just grab a pen and, and jot, jot your note there. We'd love to pray for you uh, or thank God with you, uh, whichever way that's going, and, um, or get whatever feedback or answer whatever questions that you might have. As long as you give us a way to contact you, then we can follow up with you about it. And of course, uh, then just drop that in the offering box, uh, and you can give that way in the room, or all of us can go uh, to livinghope.info slash give. We can give right there and, uh, and make that happen. Which, just a reminder, you can uh, hit the little drop down and give to Habitat for Humanity. We're, we're at nearly $4,000 when I checked yesterday. Uh, almost, we're like two-thirds of the way to our $6,000 goal. We're ahead of where we were last year when we did this. Um, and so I would love if if each of us chip in whatever we want to give to that, I know some of you are thinking, oh, I can't give that much. Um, we've had people so far that have given, we've had people give $1,000, we've had people give $1, all right? So every little bit helps. Every little gift, you can be a part of helping build this house for a family here in Valparaiso. And um, yeah, and if you, if you still want to volunteer, I'm fairly certain there are ways that they can get you, get you in. Yeah, I see Sam Fisher back there saying, yep, thumbs up. If you want to volunteer still, uh, talk to Sam or talk to me. I'll put you in touch uh, with the right people, and we'll help you uh, get to be a part of putting that house up. Um, there are a couple other things I didn't manage to get on the screen or anything. If you're in the room, you see them on the, on the back of your little uh, handout here. Next week, we start a, a little three-week series for the month of November called Unstuck, Getting Good at Generosity. Uh, if you're frustrated right now because you're hearing me talk about giving, you're like, oh, I wish I could give to that, but my finances are kind of a mess or whatever. We're going to be sharing some very helpful things, all right, for three weeks uh, out of the God's Word uh, that help us to get good at generosity. I think all of us want to be generous, and uh, this, will, this will help you to be as generous as you want to be. And then there's also this workshop coming up November 19 and 20 uh, called Follow the Way. It's a discipleship workshop that we're not hosting here. It's going to be up in Chesterton at our sister church, Doolin Community Church, uh, up there. Uh, this is a group called Gravity Leadership that, um, that Greg, the pastor up there, has been working with for years. And uh, I've been listening to their podcast for a couple of years. They, they have good stuff to say. And so if you, uh, well, you can go to livinghope.info slash gravity, read more about it, and you sign up. There's a promo code you can, you'll find there that gets you uh, into the workshop for just $25. And if that's prohibitive, if you're like, oh, I was going to go to, you mentioned 25 bucks, I don't have that. You know, we're just having this conversation about money a second ago. Remember, my finances are a mess. If you want to go and learn about following Jesus and how to do that better, uh, Friday night for a couple hours and three hours Saturday morning, and it's the $25 that's stopping you, let me know. We've got some folks. We'll cover that for you. All right? So that shouldn't, that shouldn't stop you. Um, but if you go to livinghope.info slash gravity, you'll find out more about that workshop and the, get the promo code that, uh, that you can register. I think it's like 60-something dollars for everybody else, but uh, you can get in for 25 if you if you want to. So, all right, and I think there's other stuff I could be telling you. We're excited about the Advent season that starts right after Thanksgiving, and uh, the books are already in for that one, so we don't have to worry about that one. Uh, we'll start giving those out to you next week. Um, but today, um, I'm kind of curious, since I'm in my Halloween costume, and I see some of you are as well, uh, any of you guys have a favorite Halloween costume, either your, your own from past years, or one that you've dressed up as, or as a, yeah, Kathy, what's, 
You were a nun, really? Just for a Halloween costume. Yeah, okay, all right, gotcha. Anybody else, favorite Halloween costume that you've worn or someone else has worn? Or... Yeah, the one you're in today? Is that, okay, yeah, Linda's, Linda's wearing her Halloween costume right now. Um, yeah, anybody else got a favorite or, or one that you like your fallback? If it's like, oh man, it's a costume party? I have no idea what I'm supposed to wear, you know, and so you grab something real quick. Do you have a fallback costume that, yeah, what's? Always a gypsy? How do you how do you dress up as a gypsy? Okay. Oh, hair back and the bandana. Oh, big hoop earrings. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, yeah. The Adams family last year. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw a picture of that on Facebook, maybe. So, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Pastor Judy's glad she can use her graduation robe to, to be the judge outfit. Ah, okay, yeah. Oh, so you had your graduation robe, didn't get to use it, now you get to use it, finally, for Halloween. And add the collar, and she's Judge Judy. All right, all right. If any of you are wondering, I'm repeating what you're saying in part because the people out there can't hear what you're saying unless I, unless I do that. Yeah, you got one too? Yeah, she's supposed to be the Judge Judy, and you the lawyer? Am I the lawyer? Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> that would work, yeah. I suppose, I suppose that could work. Dude, is this... Yeah, this is how attorneys dress, I guess, kind of, right? Just in a... Some days, yeah. I'm asking the resident attorney over there. All right. Every day but Sunday, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, none of, so none of you... Have any of you ever done the whole, just the sheet with the holes in it, and you'll go as the ghost? Have any of you cut the eye holes into a sheet or anything? No? Okay, I can't remember if I did that when I was a kid or not. In my head, that's like, this is my simplest costume because it's one I have already, you know, uh, my suit that I marry people in or bury people in or whatever. Uh, in fact, if you, if you look over like the last 10 years probably, if you see a picture of me officiating a wedding, I'm probably in this suit. I might even be in this shirt uh, because this is just what I, this, the, it's the go-to, it's the easy one. Um, uh, I think one of my favorites that I've seen uh, people wear recently, actually, Katie, you wore it a couple years ago, is that inflatable T-Rex uh, thing. I love those things. I love when I see somebody walking around like a T-Rex and there's this huge inflatable thing. Um, anyway, Halloween is all kinds of fun, and I'm glad that, uh, that society decided this is a fun way to do this. I, if you're familiar with the history, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Halloween. That's not the point of this morning's message. Um, but I know some folks are like a little uneasy about the whole thing. And I was just reading again yesterday about the history of it. It's, it's called Halloween because that's short for like hallowed or holy evening. Um, just like in the Lord's Prayer, we say hallowed be your name, meaning holy be your name to God. It's a, it's a holy evening because it's the evening before All Saints Day. This is a church um, holiday, remembering all the, the saints who have gone before, uh, those who have had an impact on our lives, uh, that God has blessed us through them. Uh, and so as a part of that, there were already, the, the cultures that the church spread into often had some kind of a harvest festival or something that uh, they would have had all kinds of stuff. And the church basically said, oh, well, if you're going to have a party, let's make it a holy one. You know, let's, let's go ahead and, and poke fun at death and the devil because he's been defeated already. Uh, by Christ's death and resurrection, the devil's a defeated foe. And death, uh, for us Christians, we know is nothing we have to be afraid of because we know that, uh, you know, if we die with Christ, we're going to rise with him as well. And uh, we know that, uh, that death is not something we have to fear. And so they're like, go ahead, poke fun at death. For one night, poke fun at death, poke fun at the devil. And so they'd dress up as ghosts, or they'd dress up as, as devils or whatever. And they'd have all kinds of fun. Hopefully not doing anything devilish, but um, more than just knocking on doors and collecting candy. But 
but so it's not, a, I know that there are some folks that feel, they have a conviction like, yeah, we don't want our kids doing that, and that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that's fine. But if you do enjoy participating in it, there's nothing necessarily, you know, ungodly about the holiday. Uh, it has origins that, uh, just like just about everything else we do, the origins are mixed. There are, there are Christian aspects to it, and there are just cultural aspects to it as well. Um, but one of the things I love about Halloween is the, the use of imagination. Um, that for, for one day, you get to dress up as somebody that you're not. And you get to kind of pretend to be that person. You get to imagine maybe what life would be like to be that person. Um, you know, my boys right now are dressed up as Spider-Man and Batman back there, you know. Um, and they have fun, you know, pretending to be Spider-Man, pretending to be Batman, you know. Kids, kids dress up sometimes as professions that they might want to be someday. You know, they dress up as a firefighter or a policeman or uh, not too many dress up as an attorney or a pastor, but some do, you know. Um, uh, you know, people, it's a, it's a chance to, for, for one day, kind of imagine you know, imagine yourself living a different life. You know, what would it be like to be that superhero? What would it be like to be a robot? What would it be like to be, you know, whatever, a T-Rex, whatever you're dressed up as, and you get to pretend to be. And that is something I think is valuable for us as Christians, as grown-ups, as older kids, uh, because we tend to lose that imagination. We tend to kind of get ourselves stuck in our boxes of here's who I am and here's what life is like. And, and you know, I've tried to be different and failed and I, I just don't think I can, I can live that life. I don't think I can be that person. And we get accustomed to failure. We get accustomed to limitations that I feel like God sometimes is saying like, whoa, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in that rut. You don't have to stay in that failure. You don't have to stay in, within those limitations. I've got something bigger for you, something better for you. You can, in fact, be different. You can live a new life. Uh, there's an intriguing phrase that gets used a, a few times in Scripture uh, that kind of sounds like, you know, like taking off one outfit and putting on another. You know, taking off one costume, putting on another costume. You know, uh, one set of clothes you remove and another set of clothes you, you put on to, to talk about this change of life, this change of, of who we are and how we live in the world. So we're going to look at, at three of those. They're, they're all used by the Apostle Paul as he was traveling around the, the, the pagan Mediterranean world trying to help these folks understand what it's like to have this new life in Jesus. And uh, so one of them is from Galatians chapter 3. Uh, it says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of, you were baptized into, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. He's dealing with a church that is struggling for these different people to come together, you know, Jews and Gentiles, uh, Greeks from this area and the people from that area. Today, we, are, we struggle with, like, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans or whatever trying to come together. And pay, pay no attention to that noise behind the, the corner over there. I don't know what that is. There's some, some kind of noise happening. Is that coming from that furnace thing up there? The wind is blowing just right and rattling the little piece of metal up on top of it, I think. So I, I don't think anything's going to collapse on us or anything like that or, or, or burst into the room. We'll see. Uh, so Anyway. I feel like rather than just pretending it's not happening, I might as well just say something about it so we can all like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a weird noise. It happens when the wind blows the wrong way. All right. Uh, now I don't remember. Oh, yeah, so this, this audience, this group that's trying to be the church, trying to love each other and live together, but they're from such different backgrounds. They have such different expectations for what it means and like what God expects that uh, they're struggling with it. And he's saying, look, you were baptized into Christ. You know, you, you, when you were baptized, which is, that's the, the sacrament of initiation, of entry into the church. 
If you have not been baptized, I would love to talk with you about getting you baptized because that's supposed to be normative for Christians that when they come to Christ, they're baptized as a sign of I'm dying with Christ and I'm rising to a new life. My sins are being washed away. The Holy Spirit's being poured into my life. There's all sorts of different uh, images used in Scripture for this. Um, but he's saying you were baptized into Christ. You've been clothed with Christ. You've put on this, this new identity. You're not defined by your other identities that you might have to live with you know he's saying so in christ you're, there's no jew or gentile or slave or free not even male and female he says you're all one in christ jesus doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what your background is doesn't matter what has defined you or what might define you when you go off to work you know or what might define you when you you know have to write out your last name and your heritage or whatever or none of the things none of these things matter in terms of your standing with christ doesn't matter who you are if you come to Christ, he, he welcomes you. He embraces you. you. You find yourself enveloped with his love and transformed by his Holy Spirit to live a new way. Now, this doesn't mean you're suddenly not, you know, all that stuff just vanishes. You know, it's kind of like putting on a costume. You know, even if your costume covers your face, you know, sometimes people can still tell who you are. It just happened to me this morning. Linda walked up to me with her, you know, mask on and everything. And she walks around the corner and she says, hi. And I was like, oh, hi, Linda. She's like, what's the deal, you know? I had just heard her talking to somebody in the hallway, you know, and I recognized her voice, and so I knew it was her. Uh, you know, you're still who you are. You know, the people he was talking to, if they were slave or free, they still, the next day, lived as a slave or lived as a freed person. But he says, that doesn't have to define you. You've been clothed with Christ. We are all, we're all one. And so you don't have to be defined by what's been done to you in the past or where you've come from before, by who you voted for in the last election or plan to vote for in the next one. You know, we can have uh, people living together in harmony, loving each other from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different things going on. You're still you, but you've been clothed with Christ. All right. Um, let's, let's, let's run to another one in Romans chapter 13. We've got to read some of the verses leading up to it this time uh, so we can see where it's coming from. He says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. He's talking to some folks who are struggling with that whole thing, which we talked about a couple months ago, I think. Pastor Judy talked about that right here. He's saying, look, if you just focus on loving each other, you're going to take care of all the rest. You're not going to do the stuff you shouldn't do. You're going to live the life you're supposed to live. You're fulfilling the law, God's expectations, if you love your neighbor as yourself. He says in verse 11, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So he starts to draw this strong contrast you know, between night and day. He's like, the, the night is almost over. The day is nearly here. God's light is shining into our world. It has in Jesus Christ, our salvation, his return, uh, where he's going to put all things to right. It's nearer now than when we first believed in him. 
And I know some folks read this and they think, well, yeah, Paul expected Jesus was going to come back just any time, like, you know, tomorrow or something. And here we are 2,000 years later. Well, that didn't stop Christians from proclaiming this same message for the next 100 years, 200 years, 2,000 years. We still do believe Christ is returning and his light continues to, to break into our world, to shine into our darkness. And we still believe that Christ could return any time. So he says, we've got to behave decently as in the daytime. We've got to put aside those certain behaviors. You know, we're taking off our old costume, our old life, the way we used to live, and we're putting on something new. The armor, he describes the armor of light. He said, we, we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the way we live in the world, when people look at us, they see a life that looks like Jesus. That's the idea here. Right? We're taking off our old life, our old sinful habits, those things that used to drag us down, a life of selfishness, a life that, uh, well, that we used to have to worry about all these commands against. You know? He says, well, we're, we've gotten rid of all of that. Now we've put on a new life. We're becoming new people. Now, he doesn't talk in this passage about what those new things are other than he calls it you know, armor of light, and he says, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know our lives should look like Jesus. And uh, I was just reading, some people, they, as they reflect on this, and they, okay, God, how can I clothe myself with Christ? How can I, how can I like in their, in their daily time of prayer, or when they wake up in the morning and they're, you know, um, reading the Bible, talking to God, they, sometimes they'll, like, read their way through a gospel story, a story about Jesus, you know, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And they'll say, okay, God, can you help me to react like Jesus reacts to situations? Can you help me to to love like he loved this person here? Can you help me to reach out to the untouchable and not be afraid to touch them like Jesus reaches out to the untouchable? Um, Can you help me to treat people the way Christ treated them? I kind of reflect on, okay, that's that's the way I want to live. I want to be a disciple of Jesus, patterning my life after him. But in other places, he goes ahead and he he describes uh, some things. He gives us some positive things to put on. And, uh, and he does that in this passage from Colossians chapter 3. Uh, and I, I went ahead and I included a longer section because I love how he starts it out. Uh, this is in his letter to the Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. He says, since then you've been raised with Christ. You know, you've got this new life. You've died to an old way of life. Now you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That, that, those two passages, set your hearts on these things, set your minds on these things, that's part of what it means to, to take off an old life and to put on a new life. To begin to picture yourself differently. Picture yourself living a new, the new life that God created you for, redeemed you for. Picture yourself living like Jesus. Um, I've talked about this before. I, actually, I think back in January we were talking about this. How, um, you know, this idea of like imagining yourself, visualizing yourself. Athletes do it all the time especially at those high-level those high athletes, you know, they, they imagine, okay, I'm, I'm going into this competition. They picture, they'll picture the whole thing before they do it. You know, we, I, I remember reading about one of the Olympic swimmers. You know, he would, he would picture standing on the block, the guy, how he's going to jump, how he's going to swim, every stroke, how he's going to turn around, because he's practiced. He knows how this goes. And so he's picturing doing it all just to perfection. And so then when he's actually faced with it, he just, he, he does it. Our, our brains and our bodies work together in this way that when you imagine something, your brain, your, your body, it's, it's almost as good as practicing it, like, physically. Did you know that? There are studies that have been done about this. Like, you have actual reactions. Um, your body reacts, whether it's just a picture in your mind or whether you're actually seeing it in there. And so this is important, the way we picture ourselves. Sometimes we can get stuck in this mode where because we have failed and failed and failed, at whatever this is, because we've fallen to that temptation so many times, that that's all we can picture. That, well, you know, when I'm faced with that temptation, I'm just going to fail again. And 
He's saying, wait, wait, set your minds on something different. Set your hearts differently. You know, reset your imagination here. Imagine what would it be like if in that situation you respond like Jesus would. You know, clothe yourself with Christ. What would it be like if in that situation you respond the way you think God wants you to? And picture yourself doing that. Picture yourself when that, when that you know, photo comes across your phone, you know, clicking it off and closing it instead of following that link. Picture yourself next time you're face-to-face with that annoying person, instead of doing, you know, reacting however you might normally act, with anger, with frustration, picture yourself. How would I react if I were a more patient person? How would I react if I actually loved my enemies the way Jesus taught us to? What might that look like? And practice it in your head. Imagine it. See yourself doing it differently. And you'd be surprised when the, when the situation actually comes, you may find yourself actually doing what you imagined. You're actually living a better life, making a better choice. Since we've been raised with Christ, you know, since this is the reality that you live with, you have been clothed with Christ. You have been given his Holy Spirit. You've been made new. So set your hearts on these things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It says we are united with Christ. We have his strength. We have his life living in us. So in verse 5, he says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things such as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. He's, he's, he's given like a nice long list of things, and, and most of us can probably look at that and say, oh, yeah, that one. You know, I don't have a problem with any of those, but oh, that one I do. He's saying, these are the, this is the old you. This is what you are dying to. This is the you you're taking off. It says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. He says, we have an opportunity to see ourselves differently and to live differently. We've taken off our old self. We're putting on the new self. Again, he says something like he did in Galatians. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, Christ lives in you just as much as Christ lives in that other person that you've been accustomed to judging, or that, just as much as Christ is in that other person who's, who's typically you know, kind of judged you for your background or for your circumstance in life. So you've taken off this old self, you put on a new self, which is being renewed, which is looking more and more like Jesus. And so then he goes into some more details. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, and I think Pastor Judy just read this passage uh, a couple weeks ago. As God's chosen people, he chose you, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So just imagine this is an exercise for later, all right? If there's one of those that you're like, oh, man, I don't wear that outfit very often, <laughs> you know? People don't look at me and see, you know, kindness. People don't look at me and see patience. You know, whatever one it might be that you find yourself struggling with, take a little time. Reflect on that. Talk to God about it. Say, God, I need you to help me to, to clothe myself with this one. And then, like I said, imagine. Imagine yourself being different. Imagine yourself living differently. What would it be like? 
God, what would it be like? How could I be a more gentle person in that circumstance? How could I demonstrate humility? He continues in verse 13, bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Man, now we're getting into some hard stuff, aren't we? You know, bear with one another, forgive one another. We've talked about this before, about how, you know, if someone has done something to you, you've got to go to that person. You know, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus talks about this directly. Somebody wrongs you, you go directly to that person and you talk to them about it. You say, hey, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. Hey, that really hurt. When you said this, it made me feel this. I didn't like that. Or just go to them and say, hey, I think there's some tension in our relationship. I don't know if you feel it, but I sure do. You know, when this thing happened or when that thing happened, and maybe it's something you did and you need to apologize for it. Maybe it's something they did and you need to let them know. So they have a chance to apologize to you and you can forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Aren't you glad that when you came to God and asked for his forgiveness, he didn't ask you to jump through a whole bunch of hoops first? Aren't you glad that he was gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, to use that description that God gave of himself back in the book of Exodus? We get to forgive as the Lord forgave us. And verse 14, he says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We've got all these virtues. We can live as a a virtuous person. That would be an interesting description, isn't it? We don't use that language very often. Um, I was just talking last week with somebody who's facing, uh, uh, facing an illness that one day is, is terminal and one day will kill them. And they said, I- I'm, I'm working on uh, what you're going to say at my funeral, Pastor. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we need to have a conversation about that, you know. But what kinds of things would you like for people to say about you someday when you're gone? Would you like them to describe you as a virtuous person? As someone who demonstrated some of these virtues he just described? They were, you know what, she was so compassionate. He was so kind. You, know, you, you never met a humbler person. Oh, man, he was so gentle. When people messed up, he was so gentle with them, the way he corrected them. Oh, she was so patient with me. And so forgiving, so loving. Uh, let me finish the passage, sorry. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus is like a way of saying do it as his representative, as someone who represents Christ in the world, who has clothed themselves with Christ and hopes that when people see you, they see something of Jesus in you, something of the character of Christ, something of the virtues of Christ. You know, this is, uh, this is Halloween, you know, the night before All Saints Day, and, um, and some of you, you have some definite people in your life that you would describe as saints, people who have had that positive impact on your life, some of whom have, have died recently and you miss them terribly, and this is a time of year already with the, the days getting so short and the nights getting so long that you find yourself, you know, feeling more depressed, feeling more down, and, and it's easy for us to get lost in the sadness of those moments. Uh, we're approaching holidays where families typically, get, tip, typically, <laughs> families typically gather, you know, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, and I don't know what's happening with those with, uh, with COVID and all that this year, but when we have those moments, we remember again those people that aren't there anymore. 
people who have died, people who are no longer with us, but whom we, we cherish their memories. And we, we honestly would say that was a, they were a saint. They were a holy person, dearly loved. That was the description used earlier for all of us. They were holy. God's grace flowed through them into my life. I'm a better person because you know, they were with me, because, because they loved me, and I loved them. We have an opportunity to remember, to thank God, and to think about the legacy that we ourselves are leaving each and every day. You know, what kind of life am I living? How are people going to talk about me someday when I'm gone? Are there people that are thanking God for me today? Or am I still wearing that old costume? <laughs> am I still walking through this life as the selfish person doing stuff for me, you know, putting myself ahead of others and, and all the rest? Or have I done what Christ has called me to do? Have I, have I taken off that old self? And have I put on this new self that looks like Jesus? We have an opportunity to, uh, to imagine what life could be like if, that were, if it were really true that God has the power to change our lives. You know, some of us, by the way we live and the way we think about ourselves, if we we're honest, we, we don't imagine that God can really change us. We think, nope, that's just always going to be, I'm always going to fail in that way. I'm always going to be this kind of selfish. I'm never going to look like Jesus in that way. And we just get used to kind of brushing off those prompts of the Holy Spirit when he says, I want to I change you here. I want to help you here. I want to stretch you. I want to grow you here in this way. We have a chance today, Halloween, <laughs> to imagine what would it be like, what could my life be like if God really had the power by his Holy Spirit working in me to change my heart, to change my life. See, the Bible is clear over and over and over again that he invites us into a new life, that he makes new life possible. I, I just included one last verse there from another one of Paul's letters, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. If you're trusting in Christ, if he's forgiven your sins, if he's, if he's poured his spirit into your hearts, then the new life is here. The new creation is here. You can live differently. We just have to invite him to, to help us to do that. We just have to cooperate with his Holy Spirit. We just have to be willing to set our hearts and set our minds differently than they've been set before. So let's go ahead. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray in just a moment. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. And I, I just want you to think for just a minute about some situation. I, I'm guessing that there's something coming to your mind right now that the Holy Spirit's talking to you about where you've been wearing the wrong set of clothes, where your life has not looked like the life that you believe God wants it to look like. Now imagine for just a moment the next time you face that situation, the next time you see that person, the next time you have that opportunity that you've been, that you've been missing. Picture for just a moment what that, how you could live in that moment differently if you clothe yourself with Christ, if you put on this new life that he has given to you. Picture yourself actually responding differently, actually making a different decision. And then exercise just a little bit of faith 
just a mustard seed size amount of faith in God that he can make that a reality. God, thank you for the transformation that you work in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives as we trust in you. As we find ourselves coming to the end of our own resources, the end of our own ability to, to, to change ourselves, we've tried and we've tried and we've failed and now today we come to you and we give you thanks that in Christ, no matter who we are, no matter what our background, no matter what our, our issues, our baggage, you forgive our sins. You wash us clean. We don't have to live with the shame or the guilt of that anymore. And as we look forward, as we look at the life that we're going to live today and tomorrow and the rest of our lives and on into eternity, God, you are transforming our hearts and minds. You are transforming our lives. You are changing us, helping us to be new people. Thank you, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit coming alongside to help us to live differently. I pray that you would help us not to just hope that this happens accidentally or hope that this happens automatically, but God, I pray you'd help us to cooperate with you and intentionally imagine ourselves living the way you've called us to live. Thank you, God. Thank you for making new life possible. Thank you again, God, for those saints who have gone before us, those who have had such a positive impact on our lives. Some of them have already died and gone on to be with you. Some of them are still present in our lives. God, for those who are still with us, would you help us to, to remember to go out of our way to, to say thank you to them, to send them a, a card or a text or uh, an email or something, to, to pick up the phone this afternoon and call them and say, you know, I was just thinking about how much my life is better because you're in it. Thank you. Thank you for the ways God's grace has flowed into my life through you. God, we, we give you thanks for the ways that you work through people to, to bless us. And we pray that you will help us to, to be those kinds of people for others. To cooperate with your Holy Spirit so that your grace might flow through us. So that we might live like Jesus here in the world. It's all possible because you have conquered sin and death and the devil in Jesus Christ. We celebrate that. We remember that today through the sacrament of Holy Communion. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here among us, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood, remembering that as you gathered with your disciples, Jesus, you, you took the bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, eat this, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. You took the cup and gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. Drink this in remembrance of me. In just a moment, as we eat bread and drink juice, we do this remembering, Lord Jesus, the life that you lived, the love that you showed, the grace that you gave remembering your victory over sin and death and the devil and the new life that you have for us today. No matter who we are, no matter where we've come from, as we come to you trusting in your love and in your grace, we find ourselves forgiven. We find ourselves set free. Oh, thank you, God, for your grace, for your forgiveness, 
for the freedom that we enjoy from those things that have enslaved us. Thank you for the new life you make possible for each and every one of us. Help us, God, as we, as we taste that bread and that juice. Help us to know that you are present with us right where we live, that you are changing us from the inside out to live a new way, to, to imagine ourselves differently and to live differently, to live lives that reflect your grace and love here in the world. Thank you, God. We pray all this confident in your ability to bring new creation here in our lives today. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The high sides are going to come and lead us in, uh, in one more song as we celebrate communion together. I'll, I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it and return to your seats. Whether you need the regular bread or the gluten-free or the little, the little cups that you can peel back yourself when you get back to your seat, uh, those options are all here. And if you don't want to come up and gather with everyone else, uh, those are available on the tables. As we sing, as we celebrate, you're invited to... to to join us in, in eating the bread and drinking the juice. Uh, this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. Again, no matter who we are or where we've been or what we've done, uh, Christ's love, his grace is real, is here to receive. Let's celebrate. Let's give him thanks. Amen. Oh, thank you again, Jan, for the life you invite us into as we trust and follow Jesus. No matter what it costs, we will follow you. Oh, thank you that we know from a couple thousand years of history at this point, we know how worth it it is to follow you no matter what. We see where you lead us. We see the good that you bring uh, to us and to the world as we trust and follow you. Thank you, God. Thank you for inviting us to participate in the grand work that you are doing here in the world as your grace flows through us into people's lives, into circumstances, where, where your grace is needed, where your light shines into our lives and through us into the lives of others. We are so grateful, God. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Would you please fill us with the spirit of Christ today so that as we go, we might live as the body of Christ, as your hands and your feet, given for the world, just as you were. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.